Today's daf is daf tet in Masechet Anit. We are beginning on daf chet amud bet. We are six lines from the bottom of the amud. With the words kibbutz and geyasot, this is a siman, a sign, a mnemonic device to help us remember the upcoming discussions in the Gemara. Kibbutz, geyasot, tzedakat, should say ma'aser, parnas. That is the siman, that is the sign to remember. Amr b'yohanan, b'yohanan, said gadot, yom ha'gishamim. Kiyom kibbutz galuyot. The day of rain is like the day, it is as great as the day of the ingathering of the exiles. Shenemar shuvashem et shivitenu kafikim banegev. Because it says, Hashem, return our captivity. Like water in the desert, venafikim. Or like springs in the desert, venafikim. Or, or even... Uh, 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 rivers in the desert. And what is Afikim talking about? It's talking about rain. Because it says that the water source of the of the ocean will become revealed, will become seen. And uh, so you see that what is the water in the desert? It means rain in the desert. So it's saying that the return of the exiles will be like a day that it rains. That the day of rain is so great that even armies that usually nothing stops them, they stop on the day of rain, because it, it's, when it speaks about the rain, it says that the furrows are, uh, are uh, saturated, and uh, really it means that the, um, that the dirt, that the, the rain penetrates beneath the earth, but they're interpreting it as meaning from the word nachat, to, uh, to rest, and that gidudah here means like troops, which is another meaning, gidud. So therefore, that because it is so rainy and wet, even the troops stop moving on the day of rain. So that shows you the importance of rain, that even the troops will stop. That the reason why the rain is withheld from us is because of people who promise to give tzedakah in public and they don't give it. As it says in Mishlei, like clouds and wind, and there's no rain, so is a person who praises himself, in other words, who shows off with a false gift. Now, the pshat of the pasuk is that just like a person who shows off uh, that he's going to give a gift and he doesn't give it, is trying to give the impression that he's uh, very generous, but it's not true, so too when clouds and uh, wind come, it gives the impression that there's going to be rain, and it's not true. But the Gemara is taking it further, Rabbi Yochanan is taking it further and saying one is the cause of the other. What's the cause of the fact that you have clouds but no rain? The fact that there are people who promise to give tzedakah but do not follow through. Avam Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan further said, What does it mean, aser ta'aser, to give ma'aser, to give uh, uh, the tithe that you're supposed to give? But it says in a double language, aser ta'aser, aser asher. It means that if you give ma'aser, you will become rich. One time Rabbi Yochanan encountered the son of Rish Lakish. Rish Lakish was a chavruta, but also was married to his sister. And so, so therefore, Rish Lakish's son is actually the nephew of Rabbi Yochanan. And he saw that he was learning. And Amale, so he said to the young boy, as they used to say, tell me what pasuk you're learning. So the boy said, I'm learning. And then he said, Amale, he said further, Umay aserot aser. What does it mean aserot aser? Why is it double language? Amar le Rabbi Yochanan told him aser which feels tit asher. It means separate maaser, give the tithe, so you become rich. Amar le minalach. So the son of Reish Lakish said, "Where'd you get that from?" Amar le zil nasi. He said, "Try it out. You'll see that it works." Amar le. So the son of Reish Lakish said to him, "Omisha rei nasri la kadosh baruchu. Are you allowed to test Hashem? Vaktiv lo tenasot Hashem." Says, "Don't test Hashem." Amar le achi. Amar Rabbi Hoshea. 
Chutz mizo, Rabbi Yochanan said that this is what Rabbi Hoshaya said, except for this. Shnei Ma'avir kol ha-ma'asir al-bet ha-otzar, because it says in the Pasuk, bring all of the ma'asir, all of the tithe, to the uh, house, the storage house, v'yiterif b'veti, it will be provision in my house. Uv'chanunin ha-bazot. And Hashem says, Amash Hashem tzavot, Hashem says, test me with this. Im lo eftach lechem et arobot ashmai v'arikoti lechem b'achad b'lidai. That uh, I will open for you the storehouses of heaven, and I will pour out blessing on you. Ad die beyond uh, beyond anything you would have needed, meaning well beyond your needs. And so you see from this that Hashem is saying, you can test me, give ma'aser, and you'll see that I'm going to pay you back. I'm going to richly reward you. My ad die. What does it mean? Ad die. Funny phrase. Every time the Gemara quotes this pasuk, it also quotes this piece, uh, asking what that means. What does it mean? It means until your lips fall off. From saying enough, enough, enough already, enough already, meaning it's going to be too much. So the son of Rish Lakish said, I'm a young boy. If I had learned that Pasuk already, meaning that Pasuk is already in the Navi, in Malachi, at the end of Navi, I didn't get to it yet. So if I learned it, then lo lach, lo rabach, I wouldn't have needed you, and I wouldn't have needed Hoshaya, your teacher. So, uh, uh, so what does he mean? He, he, so in a way, he was being a little, having a little bit of chutzpah, basically saying, look, you explained it to me based on a pasuk later in Tanakh. But if I had had the time to get up to that point in Tanakh, when I got up to that point of Tanakh, I would have realized that you're allowed to test Hashem in this matter. I wouldn't have needed any teaching to inform me of that. I would have determined it on my own, simply from reading. Another time, another time, Rabbi Yochanan found the son of Rish Lakish, the Yati, it says, the foolishness of a person destroys his way, meaning a person that does foolish things, that mess up his life, and then he complains to Hashem, he blames Hashem, he gets angry at Hashem for causing him the problems, in other words, a person, most problems that a person encounters are self-caused, and he blames Hashem. Yatif Rabbi Yochanan vekam matma. Rabbi Yochanan sat and he was wondering. Mi amar mi ikamidi dechtive bechtuvei v'delar mizay beoraita. There's nothing in the in in the Nach in the Tanach that isn't somehow hinted at in the Torah. So if this idea is in Mishlei, that the foolishness of a person is what messes up their life, what's misalifet darkam, and. Uh, and, and, and they blame Hashem, we have to find some source for it in the Torah of such a thing. Where do you see that, uh, that this, exists, this concept is uh, indicated in the Torah? So, uh, so he was wondering that. And Amar Atu Ha So the son of Reish Lakish, the younger boy, says to him, isn't it hinted at? V'aktiv, ish The brothers of Yosef, were very worried when they found all of their uh, money in their bags after they had left the encounter with the man in Mitzrayim that they didn't realize was Yosef, and they found all their money in their bags, and they were so worried, and they said, what is this Hashem has done to us? Right, because when they, uh, uh, when they, uh, uh, when they realized that there were, uh, there was some kind of a trap going on, some kind of a funny business, they were so afraid, and they said, what has Hashem done to us? They said, see, you see that, that even though they were really culpable in the whole situation with Yosef, they still blamed Hashem. Dal Rabbi Yochanan lowered his head and looked at him with a kind of a penetrating gaze. Atya imei, so the mother of the boy came, apikte, and took him away. Amrale, she said, tamikamei, come away from him. 
So that he doesn't do to you what he did to your father, because there's a famous story that uh, one time Rish Lakish actually was first insulted by Rabbi Yochanan, and then Rish Lakish gave back an insult to Rabbi Yochanan, and because of the offense that Rabbi Yochanan took, that was so deep, um, he, uh, his offense was a, caused a punishment to come upon Rish Lakish, and Rish Lakish died. So I said, you know what? Uh, stay away from Rabbi Yochanan, because if you offend him, bad things might happen to you. And the Gemara continues. Ve'amar, it should say, Ve'amar Rabbi Yochanan, Matar b'shvil yachid, Panasar b'shvil rabim. When it comes to rain, the, the, the uh, rainfall could be determined by one individual. As she says, She'im eno tzrich matar al-adam echad, even if one person needs rain, Kegon shazara achar zman zorat me'adam, o shedar ba'ir shkulan nukhrim, tzrich lematar. So as she says, and again, this is pseudo-rashi, it's not the real rashi, we know that the real rashi is not found in Masachet Anit. Um, that if only one person needed the rain for whatever reason, they planted later or they live in a place where there's no, all non-Jews, um, it could, it could still get rain just for that one person. But meaning that's so very interesting idea that when it comes to the individual, when it comes to rain, the individual's needs are important. But when it comes to the, the plentifulness of food and uh, sustenance and all of that, that's determined by the community and by the judgment that Hashem determined. And he's not going to change the judgment of the entire world for one individual. So it has to be within the uh, framework of the judgment that's already been made for the collective when it comes to Parnassah. So the Gemara says, Because it says Hashem's going to open for you his goodly treasure house to give rain that's in the singular, for your land. How do we know? That sustenance is for the community. Because it says lechem, the plural when it comes to lechem, when it comes to sustenance. We have an objection to that from another drasha, another agada. There were three leaders that the Jewish people had. And there were three gifts that were given through each of these great people. We know that the well was associated with Miriam. The cloud, the protective cloud was Aaron. Right, Uman, and of course the food, the the the, the mana. Be'er b'schut Miriam, Avod Anan b'schut Aaron, and Man b'schut Moshe. So you had the merit of Miriam brought the well of water. The cloud was there because of the z'chut of Aaron, and the man was there in the z'chut of Moshe. Meta Miriam nistalika be'er. So initially, when Miriam died, there was no well. Shenemar v'tamot Miriam uchtiv v'trei v'loyamayim laida, because it says right after Miriam died that there was no water for the people. V'chazav b'schut shneit. But the two Moshe and Aaron brought it back with their z'chut. When Aaron died, so then the clouds disappeared. Now we saw this in Masechet Rosh Hashanah also that the Kenani, the king of Arad, heard. What did he hear? 
He heard that Aaron had died and there were no more protective clouds around the Jewish people. So he thought he could attack. He thought, now I can attack the Jewish people. Because it says that the people saw that Aaron was dead. They be, don't read it as Yeru, they saw, but they were seen. They were now exposed because there were no more clouds protecting them. And because they were exposed, now enemies could attack them. The word ki has four different meanings. E, one is if. Dilma, perhaps. Ella is rather. And deha, because. So in this case, it's because. In other words, yerao, they were. They became. Um, the, the pshat of the pasuk is that they saw that Aaron had died. But means that they became exposed because he died. Because his zechut was what was protecting them before. However, after that, we saw the Eventually, the well and the clouds came back because of Moshe's zechut. Met Moshe When Moshe Rabbeinu died, all of these things were lost. The clouds, the well, and the man. Because it says, I will take away the three leaders in one month. Did they really die in one month? They were all different months. Miriam was in Nisan, Aaron in Av, Moshe Rabbeinu in Adar, Ela Melamed, she nitbatlu, gimvat no batovot, nitual yadan, vinistal kukulan biachat. But rather, it means that the three gifts disappeared in one month. Because when Moshe Rabbeinu died, all three of them disappeared at once, simultaneously. So that was what the, uh, what the Pasuk was referring to when it said that, they, meaning that the things that were brought to them, to the Jewish people in the Zechut of these three Nevi'im, were sustained in the end just by Moshe Rabbeinu. So when he died, they all disappeared at once. But what do you see from here? Now this whole Joshua was just to tell you that you see that Parnasah came because of Moshe Rabbeinu. Man came because of Moshe Rabbeinu alone. So what does that mean? That means that uh, an individual, Parnasah is determined by an individual. Since Moshe Rabbeinu is advocating for and praying for and representing the entire Jewish people, therefore his zechut, bringing down the man, is really the zechut of the entire Jewish people, not just him. And so therefore it's not a contradiction to the idea that when it comes to Parnasah, that's dependent upon the collective and not the individual. Now, Rav, Rav Vastanya, all the three of these rabbis, Rav Funa, Baran Manoach, Rav Shmuel Baridi, and Rav Chiyami Vastanya, were always learning with Ravah. When Ravah passed away, any time that Rav Papa would say over something that didn't make sense to them, they didn't agree with it, they didn't like it, so then what would they do? They would make like uh, signals to each other. Uh, she says, They would like be implying that this is not like what we used to have with Ravah. This is not as good. This is inferior. They were looking at each other. They were making faces at each other, whatever, showing that they weren't so happy. Um, that in the, that uh, saw in a dream, the Pasuk was being read to him in the dream that said three leaders were taken away in one month. Meaning that he thought that that meant that these three rabbis who were making fun of him and insulting him were going to die in one month. The next day, when they took leave of him, Amar Louis said to them, May the rabbis go in peace. Meaning that usually means that you're going to go 
to be to die. Meaning, it's a, he, he thought it was the last time he was going to see them. It's a very interesting story because it doesn't actually say in the Gemara that they did die after that or anything like that. It just says that he had a dream about it. The dream could have just reflected how distressed he was. Uh, about the fact that they were making him feel so bad, and it could have just been wishful thinking. Rav Shimi Barashi, Havashchiach Kamedo Rav Papa. Rav Shimi Barashi was always in the Shi'ur of Rav Papa. Havam Akshile Tuva. He was asking very difficult questions, really putting him under pressure. Yom Achad, one day, Chazal Nafal Lapay, he saw Rav Papa praying the Tachanun prayer that they used to fall on their faces, the Anna prayer, the Tachanonim. He heard him saying in his prayer, Hashem, save me from the embarrassment of Shimi. In other words, Shimi Barashi was asking so many questions, it was embarrassing our Papa. And he was actually praying to be spared from it. So from then on, he accepted upon himself to be quiet, but he didn't ask any more questions. And Rish Lakish also agrees with this idea that rain can come just for the individual. How do we know that rain comes for a one person? Um, because it says, um, when it's speaking about the, uh, 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 he, he says, ask from Hashem rain in the times of the late rain. Hashem osech hazizim, ummetar geshem yiten lahem leish ezev asadeh. So it's saying the word leish that Hashem will bring the clouds and the rain. Oseh hazizin. That's the uh, that's the clouds. Umetar geshem yitelayim leish esav basadeh for a person a grass in the field. So you see that means an individual yachol lakol. Maybe you'll say it means for everyone. No, talmud lomar leish. That's why it says leish. In other words, even for one person. Uh, rain might come. To, uh, then the question is, uh, maybe that means though, maybe that means for all sedotav, all of his fields. That's why it says a field. Maybe that means only the whole field. That's why it says esef, meaning even one blade of grass, not just the entire field. So not not only does it not have to be for the collective, it could be for the individual. Not only for the individual, it could be for one field. Not only one field, even one piece of grass. He had a certain garden called He would go and inspect it. He would say, this section needs rain. And this little section doesn't need rain. And then the rain would come and it would water wherever it needed it. Right? The, the water would come. My Hashem chazizim. What does it mean? Hashem makes chazizim. Chaziz usually means a, uh, a bl- it means a cloud. So what does it mean? Hashem uh, makes the chazizim. So it says, Amar Yosi Berabi Chanina. Probably should say, yeah, Berabi Chanina. Menachem Kol Tzadik VeTzadik. Kadosh Baruch Hu says, "Lo Chaziz Neatzmo," that each tzadik gets a chaziz of his own. And Rashi says that that means that each one of them gets a chaziz that's going to drop water on his fields personally. Well, now, my chazizim, but still we don't know what chazizim are. It means moving clouds. Okay? That a sign that it's going to rain is these kinds of moving clouds. That are pochot. I'm sorry, skip the part. My pochot, I'm Rav Papa, Eva Klisha. Tute Eva Smichta. What it means by pochot is that it is a thick cloud that has under it, meaning it's a thin cloud actually, under a thick cloud. So whenever you see a thick cloud with a thin cloud under it, that's called pochot. And uh, I guess because the 
uh, as opposed to the meaning of porchot that you would think it means moving around, it looks like it means because it's riding on it, like the thick cloud is riding on top of the lighter cloud. Maybe that's why it's called porchot. But either way, when you see clouds like that, it's an indication that it's going to rain. Some drizzling before the rain starts meaning the rain, means the rain is going to start. After a storm, when it starts to drizzle, pasak mitra, that means it's uh, starting to fade out. Right? Uh, how do you know that the drizzling before the rain means rain is coming? And the sign to remember this is meholta. That first, when, that when you are sifting flour, first you have the very fine flour come out, and then eventually the larger uh, amounts come through the sieve. So that's the, uh, that's the, uh, that's like rain. It starts out very little, and it builds up. And what about the end, where it says, uh, uh, that when it starts to drizzle after a heavy rainstorm, that means it's fading out. The sign of that is the dung of the goat, that he starts out by going with a lot of stuff coming out when he's going to the bathroom, and then eventually it starts to dwindle down as he's finishing doing his business. When Ula came to Bavel, he saw that kind of a cloud in the sky where there's a thick cloud on top, on top of a thin cloud. He said, you better clean your stuff out of the outside, put it inside the house, because uh, rain is coming. In the end, there was no rain. So He said, just like the Babylonians are liars, their rain is also liars, meaning they have the kind of clouds that are supposed to indicate rain, and no rain comes. When, when Ola came to Babel, he saw that a basket of dates was only a zuz, very little money. Amar, Malay, he said, You can get a basket of honey for one zuz. If it's so cheap to be able to get what you need to eat, you can get those uh, uh, dates for only uh, so little money. So uh, why are people not learning Torah? They don't barely have to work. They can have a very low budget diet. But then that night, after eating the dates, he had a very bad stomachache. What I really got was a basket full of knives, not a basket full of honey. And even so, the Babylonians are able to learn Torah. In other words, we've seen this story before elsewhere in other Masechtot. The idea is that initially he thought that it was such a cheap delicacy that it's so easy to eat here for so little money, it should be easy to learn Torah. Then when he realized that actually it's not so good for your stomach to eat all those dates, he said, wow, if this is what they eat, it's like eating knives, then it's a surprise that they learn Torah. It's not that they should be learning Torah and subsisting on dates. It's the fact that they're able to learn Torah when they're subsisting on dates that is a bigger deal because it causes so much pain to the stomach. In any case, Tanya, we learned in about Rabbi Eliezer, Omer Kol Olam Kulom, Ukyanus Hushote. The entire world drinks from the ocean. In other words, all water starts from the ocean. Shnemar ve'edia leminaros, because it says that a mist went up from the ground. Vishkat kopne adama, and that's what watered the entire earth. Amar Rabbi Yosef, Alom me Ukyanus Meluchinen, but isn't the ocean water salty? Right? And the rainwater isn't. It becomes 
sweetened in the clouds. In other words, according to Rabbi Eliezer, it, the water starts on earth, goes up to the clouds, and then comes down in the form of rain. Actually, all the water really comes from above. It, the source is above. Because it says, by the water, by the rain of the heavens, you'll drink water. Why does it say that the moisture rose from the ground? It's to teach you that the clouds become consolidated and rise up to the heavens. And then they open their mouths like a wine skin that you would drink from. And the water goes in to the clouds from the upper, uh, from the upper uh, chambers. As it says... Uh, in the Pasuk, and the Pasuk is from Iov, that it says, Yazoku Matalo Edo, that the uh, rain is put into, uh, into the, uh, uh, into this, the cloud, or the, uh, you know, the, the Ed here, as he's saying, is the cloud, that basically the cloud rose up from the ground, and then Hashem poured into it the water. And they have openings like a sieve. And then what they do is that they deposit the rain on the earth and um, and uh, and drop it uh, drop it down. So like it says the the uh, uh, the water the dropping of water the thickness of the of the heavens or of the clouds. Um, the thickness of the, from the thickness of the clouds comes the dropping of the water. And really, each drop has only a hair's breadth between it, and yet they separate out into independent drops. We see them as independent drops. But the idea is that we have a machloket. Does it, is it that just the clouds start from earth and they rise up and then they're filled with water and they deposit the water down on us? Or no, the water, uh, because really the water's source is in the heavens. Or no, the water is really sourced in, on the earth and it rises up and then comes back down to us from the clouds. That's the Machloka between Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Yoshua. Now, now we say like this, that, uh, that we learn that the day of rain is like the day that the heavens and earth were created. Because it says Hashem makes great things that, the, that are inscrutable, beyond their comprehension. It says that He places rain on the face of the earth, and it says later, it says that, uh, have you not know? if you didn't know, have you not heard? Hashem is the God of the earth. There is no uh, ability to understand His wisdom, to uh, be able to grasp, fathom His wisdom. So that pasuk, um, and we skip parentheses, so the... Um, the point is that according to this, um, it's a uh, you see that it talks about the creation of the world and God being the uh, his understanding being unfathomable and that he's the God of the world and it also says mixed in with that because it said it said anoten matar al so when it talked about that he does things that are beyond our ability to fathom in Yehovah and then it mentioned that he places rain. On the face of the earth, and then when we see when it talks about God as the creator of the universe, it also says the word cheker and cheker. There's no uh, ability to understand His creation, and and there's no ability to understand His reign. That's because that's what it said in Eov. So you see that they're on the same level: reign and creation. According to whom does the following verse go? It says Hashem waters the 
uh, mountains from his upper chambers. Remember Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan said, that this is talking about not from the high places of the mountains, but from the high places of Hashem. Kimhan, that's obviously following Rabbi Yoshua, that's saying that the rain starts in the heavens and comes down. Rabbi Eliezer, what did Rabbi Eliezer say? Even though it really starts on earth, but then it evaporates and rises up. So, it comes down to us again from the upper heights. So, we call it, even though really technically it starts from earth and then rises up to the clouds. If you don't say that, when it says that from heaven is going to come uh, dust and dirt. And things like that during the times of the curses, that doesn't come from Shemaim. That doesn't come from the heavens, obviously. That comes from uh, from the earth. So, uh, what do you mean? Because uh, it says Hashem is going to make your avak ve'afar alecha. So it says that the uh, Hashem is going to make the rain of your land into dust and dirt, and it's going to come down to you from heaven. So, what do you see from that? That's not really true that it comes down from heaven. Meaning since it's lifted up by the wind or whatever, and then it comes down on us, so therefore it's called coming from Shemaim, even though it starts on the ground. That's true about the dust and the dirt. So certainly then, so too with the water, with the rain. Since it goes up to heaven and then comes back down, it's called coming down from the high heavens. Now, come on, Rabbi who is the basis of Rabbi Chanina's teaching? It says that Hashem gathers together the waters of the sea like a wall, like something solid. And he places the depths in his storehouses. Which means, according to the rabbis, who is the cause, what causes the otzorot, the storehouses to be filled, that they're full of grain. It comes from the tehomot, it comes from the waters of the depths. That's why it says, so it says, who, who's all, uh, source is this? Rabbi Eliezer. It's obviously Rabbi Eliezer because Rabbi Eliezer is the one that says that really the source of the water that is provided for all the plants on earth is really from the ground and not from the sky. Rabbi Yoshua, what about Rabbi Yoshua says it comes from the sky? That's talking about the Briyoto Shel Olam, that the creation of the world, that um, at the time of the creation of the world, Hashem gathered all the bodies of water into single distinct places, leaving land in between. And that's what Rabbi Yoshua would say is the, uh, uh, is the answer to why it says, uh, why it seems to imply that the water comes from the ground. That's only talking about the water that Hashem separated that was on the ground, that was on the earth. But when it says that Hashem is, uh, uh, when, when it talks about the rain normally, Rain that normally comes down, we see it as coming from above and not from below, according to Rabbi Yoshua. So since it comes from above and not below, so here when it's talking about waters below and it's making them stand like a wall, it's talking about Hashem dividing the waters on earth amongst the various seas and oceans with dry land in between. But in the end, what we have is a machloket between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua. Does, uh, did the rain, does rain initially begin from the earth and then rise up and then come back down or it begins from the heavens and drops down on us at the time that is right and only the clouds really rise up as a mist from the earth according to that. Bezrat Hashem will continue from here tomorrow.